I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer here this morning for two things. First of all, we're going to pray for our Lottie Moon Christmas gifts. I think that's very powerful for us to be praying, for us faithfully be praying for that. But knowing that, we need to be praying for um, soon to have a vaccine and to um, for those battling and who have been infected with COVID. I counted it up here in our church family since the end of October at least those that I know of, nine people have tested positive for COVID. And that's the only the ones that I know of, and some are active right now. So we want to actually be praying for those in our church family who are dealing with COVID. And it's something that we don't want to get, as well as we, uh, we want to create a safe environment. And I just know, as we see right around the corner, the vaccine will be here, and that will certainly help tremendously getting back to uh, I guess, uh, somewhat normal worship experiences and how things uh, God ex- would like for things to be here. So I'm going to lead us in prayer for our nation, for COVID, for healing for that. And knowing that, we're going to pray for international missions. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, we come to you here at the last Sunday in November. It's two things in many ways. Lord, it begins what we call the Advent season as we are now four weeks away. The word Advent means the coming. Lord, Christmas is right around the corner. And we know we are expecting for the birth that's going to happen in Bethlehem as we celebrate Christmas. Lord, we also know that this means for us as Baptists that we give, pray for, and are involved in missions. This is always the last week in November, first week in December, is the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering Week of Prayer. Lord, I pray that we will be diligent in praying for international missionaries, the 3,500 missionaries that serve the International Mission Board and take the gospel all to all nations. Lord, we pray for that the families ministering at the boys' shelter there in Kenya, Lord, we pray for Kristen Lowry and her team as she shares the gospel with street children. Lord, in many ways, the only hope that they have is is the hope of the good news of Jesus. Lord, we pray that the message gets to them before it's too late. God, we pray for those battling COVID. We pray for those that have been sick by this virus. Lord, we pray it doesn't spread. Lord, it dies out and the vaccine is coming soon. Lord, we pray that we are safe and we are not instrumental in spreading this. Lord, we just pray that this Christmas season, we will not allow it to be robbed by a virus. Lord, you have stepped into this world this Christmas. And we've come to remember that you came to die for the sins of this world so that we can be saved. So that folks around us can be saved. Lord, we pray we're a part of that by giving and going and praying for missions. Lord, I thank you for our wonderful church. Thank you for us being faithful during this quarantine season of continuing supporting your work and praying for your work and doing the work of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are meeting here online. We will do this um, the next two Sundays, December 6th and December 13th. We are certainly planning on being back in person on December 20th.
That's the Sunday before Christmas. We've honored the governor's uh, request. Just to give you some scheduling things uh, going on here, the adult Christmas cantata will be... David, what's the name of that? What do you all... Oh, I just got David and Betty. Didn't even know. I asked them the name of their Christmas play, and they can't remember. It's a, we don't know the name, but it's on the 13th. So with that, so that we pushed it back a week. I knew that. I knew the date, but that way. But it's going to be the 13th, and that, that will be a um, online uh, with the choir. So it's going to be a fantastic event, so you'll want to gather your family. That's two weeks from today. Hotel Noel, which I know the name of that one. That's the children's Christmas musical. That will be on the 20th. So basically, we moved back everything one week. So on the 20th, now, we're expecting in-person uh, folks to come for that. So we'll be back here at 1030, and you can bring your family and uh, certainly watch the children participate on that. So that's our schedule for the next few weeks. So I encourage you to be uh, taking advantage of uh, these online services and make the best of situation that the Lord certainly has us in. Open up your Bibles to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 7. We will also be turning in our Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Revelation chapter 7, 1 Timothy chapter 2. With that, this is the third part of a sermon series called Live Generously. And the generous life I'm going to be speaking about, that I believe God has a message for you and I today, is that we need to be able to look around and see things the way God sees. God is going to give us a glimpse of the throne in heaven. Have you ever wondered, what's heaven look like? What does the throne look like? I believe it's important for us to always keep in mind of what God's perspective is, because it might be a lot diff different than us. God does not want us to live every day. We wake up, we watch the news, the just negative Debbie Downer news, and you go about your day, and it's people griping, people complaining, people fighting, and you just go about and go, Lord, there's got to be more. This is not. This is not what we, what we were created for. You know, fighting is not new. This past week, we went up to Ohio. Uh, Sherry's sister lives up there, and they live in Licking County, which is where Newark is. And on a Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, um, that area in central Ohio, if you go about an hour north, you're in a region with a lot of rivers up there, real nice area. Uh, David, back when we back when we get back into business of taking uh, trips, that would be an area. It's called the Mohican area. It's a region, a real foresty uh, area there, and it's named out a lot of Native American uh, Indian mounds and um, places up in that. It's called the Mohican country, and um, we went up there. And there's a castle, old castle up there. This would be an example, an extreme example of a church split. Have you ever heard of a church splitting? Have you ever heard of a church fighting and they've lost their focus? Here's the extreme example. Back in the early 1800s, real old area up there, there was a, these were settled by German settlers. And we were in this region, we were in this area, and um, they were telling us a story. 
And this is how the castle ended up there. But they're, they're, they started a German church. And the church split. And it split. This is what upset everybody. Whether or not to speak German or to speak English. Are we going to hold the worship service in our native German language? Or all these new English folks are starting to come in and they're speaking English. They don't know German. So do we hold worship services in German or English? The church split over which language to use. So this is what happened. The English speakers won out. The German speakers were so mad, they went down the road. So where we were at was where the, the castle and the church remains, in the old cemetery right there where we went and toured this castle Friday night. But the Germans went about a mile down the road, and they started a new church. But they didn't just go by themselves. They went to their cemetery, dug up their dead German-speaking ancestors, and brought their bodies and bones down the road a mile. I mean, you talk about an extreme. They were not happy. Not only are we leaving, we're bringing our dead folks with us too, and they're going to get reburied at the new church we just started down the road. That's early 1800s there at Landol's. Um, Mohican Castle, which used to be a German church, which is now down the road from that. I share that because that's an example of when we have lost the picture of the throne of God. Church is greater and bigger than which language we're going to speak now. Obviously, we want English to be spoken because that's the language we know. But if that is going to be the focus of a church you've in many ways, you've already lost the battle. The focus of church, God's vision and God's glory for us is to see people saved. There are lost people all around us. And he's going to, God, these verses we're about to read, read are going to refocus us in reminding us that these people need Jesus. All the fighting, all the negativity, all the disease, the death. Guys, it's a reminder. What is most important? What is most important is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which saves us, which is that of Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross and we put our faith in him. So I want to read the scripture here. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. Look here in your Bibles. Look what God's Word says. After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude, or a great multitude, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? It's Jesus. All the nations, the tribes, the peoples are standing around the throne. This is a picture of the future. God has pulled back the curtain and say, here's what heaven looks like. I'm going to give you a brief glimpse here. And they're standing around the throne. Do you know God is on a throne? God does not sit by himself. He sits on a throne, and to his right is a lamb 
The Lamb is Jesus. And all the people are surrounded. And they're, they're at the presence of the Lord. And it says, they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood. You notice they're standing. They're standing around. And it says, they, the angels with the elders and the four living creatures, they fell face down before the throne and they worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. This scripture here in verse 9 that tells us about this vast multitude, this great multitude, it wasn't given to us to push diversity. We should not be trying to just push diversity for the sake of pushing diversity. God looks at people and He does not say, Okay, this worship service here at Broadway, we've got different people up on the stage that are from different nations. You get a check mark for being diverse. That's not diversity. God looks at people and He wants to see, brother, sister, are you saved? Because all nations are going to be all colors even the Mohicans up in central Ohio, those people, that Indian tribe, what that whole region's named them, the Germans that split their church over which language to teach, those folks that speak a different language are going to be surrounding the throne. God loves all races, all language, all tribes, and what we see Skin color, countries, backgrounds, identities. The Lord doesn't look at it like that. He does not look and see, do you have the, the token minority up here? Do you have the person that's representing someone who's different? God wants People saved. His son Jesus died for all nations. We stand before him. Not by a color of our skin. Guys, identity politics. And unfortunately, that identity politics creeps into churches where it's more about your background, and your skin color, it defines us in many ways. And we can, if we're not careful, we will define other people in those ways. And Jesus is telling us, no, don't fall for that. I want my, I want my people to be a vast multitude from every nation. They're standing before the Lord. Do you know these people, and they're not... They're not looking. Never are these people identified. That's a white man, black man, Asian, South American. No, these are God's people standing before the Lamb. 
when you and I see others, the Lord wants us to look at people in desperate need to be told about the Lamb who is next to the Father in the throne. Our message is telling and sharing and worshiping the one who sits on the throne. That is the Lord. We see church as it exists in heaven. That's what this picture is. You want to know what church is going to look like? Here it is, Revelation chapter 7. This is God's vision for his people in church. Do you know, I believe there are much and many more believers all around us who follow the Lord than we know about. We aren't aware. There's many people, they have bowed their knees to Jesus. We might not know who they are, but the Lord. Remember Gideon in the Old Testament? He was so upset because he felt he was the only one who worshipped the Lord. And God had to remind him, says Gideon, there's 7,000 people here who have not bowed their knee to the false gods all around you. The Lord has to remind us that he has people all around that love and worship him. Do you know if you sit around and you watch the news all the time, you, you're, you're, you're influenced too much by the media, you will think no one is saved. The gospel is not even being preached. Now I will say the news and the media and Netflix, they do not preach the gospel. That is not their job. Disney does not preach the gospel. If you're looking to hear the good news, finding it on our Facebook page, you'll find it. But you go to Disney's Facebook page, you won't find the gospel there. Our responsibility as believers is we are to be used by the Lord to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to all nations. And I want to encourage you to use any and every opportunity to spread the good news of Jesus. We need to begin seeing things through the lens of the end. And the end is God's plan and purpose. Keep your finger here in Revelation 7. Flip over in your Bibles back a couple of books to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is writing to a young pastor named Timothy who's pastoring there in Ephesus. And he's going to remind them about the power of the gospel and who needs to be the recipient of the gospel and reminding them who he needs to be praying for. Look what God's word says here. Second, or 1 Timothy chapter 2. God's word reminds us. First of all then, I urge... That petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Meaning, this past Thursday, we celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for us as believers is not a one-time-a-year event. We give thanks always for what the Lord is doing. David Dell thanked everybody for their faithful giving to our church. We've been living generously when many of us have not been able to meet publicly because of the virus. 
But you, we, we give thanks for that. Look at this. For kings and all those in authority. We are to pray for our elected leaders. We are to pray for those that God have put in place to, to lead us. We pray that they seek after the Lord. We pray for our pastor. Pray for our church staff. Pray for our Sunday school teacher. Pray for families. Pray for your family to stay safe. For all those in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior. So God is telling us, you want to please the Lord? You need to live, have an other-centered prayer life. You, you, you need to have a prayer life that you are praying for other people. It's what we call intercessory prayer. Now look at verse 4. Verse 4 and 5 are the key verses I want you to look at. God, this is what pleases the Lord God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants everyone to be saved. Jesus died so that folks can get saved and live with him for eternity. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Jesus Christ. Meaning, the one mediator, Jesus Christ, He is what stands between us and the Lord. You want to know the Lord this morning? The Bible's telling us, we go to Jesus. We share Jesus. We have the greatest message possible. And the Lord is inviting you to not to get sucked into what drags us down and what causes us to lose focus. There are so many believers out there. And sadly, maybe even some folks in our church that have completely lost focus of what's most important. God's plan and purpose for Broadway Baptist Church is that we are a lighthouse to Lexington and to this world. There are people here who need Broadway Baptist Church to minister to them, to tell them the good news, to just constantly, they might not be able to come to this building right now, but they need our prayers. They need to know we care. They need to know that we are here to serve them. We should be eagerly looking for ways to use the good news of Christmas. The good news that Jesus is the mediator. He died for everyone, not for some, for all. And that's a message worth telling. What is God's plan for his people? I have it up here on the screen. Here it is. You are sitting here thinking, what's God's plan? God's plan is we need to see people as God sees them. And what that means is, we don't see people by their color of their skin. We don't see people by their background. We don't see folks by what football team they go for or who they don't go for or their favorite sport or which side they're on or who they vote for. We see people as God sees them. God sees people as those who need to get saved, that need to come to know the Lord. I believe one of the ways 
we aren't being used by the Lord is we are not aware of what God is doing. Meaning, we're looking at things through maybe an economic or a political blinders or a different mindset. And we have to be able to start looking at things like the Lord sees them. And the way he sees them is he told, reminded Timothy. He's saying, young pastor Timothy, remember Jesus died for everyone. And he wants everyone to be saved. And if you aren't careful, young pastor, you will forget that, Timothy. Paul, the older man, is writing to the younger Timothy, reminding him. That's a reminder for us today. You need to remember, be reminded here, Facebook Live folks, that God wants to use you to see other people come to know his son. This Christmas season, are you praying for an opportunity to witness to someone else? You might not be able to see people in person. All of us have a telephone. You have to start, your telephone is a tool to share the good news. All of us have side the internet now, almost all of us. You can use the internet to witness to someone else, to encourage someone else. The mailman runs six days a week. You can bless and encourage someone else through the mail. The telephone, the internet, the mailman. Those are ministry tools that you can use to encourage, pray for, and bless and witness to someone else. Jesus is reminding us, do not lose your focus. Begin, go back to seeing people as God sees them. I thought what was so powerful about that story, that video I showed. Kristen Lowry was a photographer. She had a job and she worked for the International Mission Board. And they would send her to different countries taking pictures for their publications. She had to go to Kenya a few years ago. And while she was there at work taking pictures, the Lord started speaking to her, saying, Kristen, there's a need here. These boys need help. They need to hear about Jesus. They're living on the streets, and they're living a life of crime and lostness. And their only hope is the gospel. Kristen, why don't you Put your camera down and you start working at the shelter. You start doing ministry. What she showed up as work ended up being a calling on her life. God has put people in your life. It's your job, in your family. And you just look at them as family members. But the Lord sees deeper than a family members. God's brought them in your path. So you share the gospel with them. You use your work relationships, your family relationships, your school relationships, your friendships with a greater purpose of telling them about God's son. That is how the Lord sees people. We look at it as the daily routine. God looks at it. That's someone I've brought in your life. For you. Number two, 
What's God's plan for his people? We need to look to advance the gospel. What that means is, we know what the throne looks like. All nations. There's so many folks here in our city that need Jesus. They are so nervous. Do you know what COVID has actually done? There is a lot of folks that are scared to death. They are frightful. They are fearful. They're scared of dying. They are scared to death to die. They're worried they're going to get the virus and they're going to die an early death and they're going to be standing before the Lord. That fear is an opportunity for you and I to say, Sir, ma'am, you don't have to be afraid of death because Jesus Christ died for you. You can have a confidence that if you got COVID and you went to be with Jesus, you could confidently stand before the Lord because he has saved you. And you need to tell them, sir, ma'am, you that are so fearful, have you trusted it in Jesus as your Savior? Maybe God is allowing this COVID fear that's paralyzing our nation right now. And it's everywhere. It's all up in Ohio. You can't get away from COVID right now. Everywhere you go, it's in every county. Out of control. Record cases. Paralyzing fear. And God is saying, will you be my witness? Amidst all this fear and this pandemic and this uncertainty, will you be the one that shares? The gospel can thrive. The gospel can flourish amidst uncertainty and fear. We as, we as believers, you Christian, you should have a confidence that if the Lord, the Lord takes me home, now, we don't want to try to die early at all. We want to be used as many years as the Lord wants us. He has us on earth. But we do not live in fear. God has delivered us from a spirit of fear and fright. And he's given us a confidence with the Lord. We look to advance the gospel. Even amidst the times of a pandemic and paralyzing fear in a nation, we have a confidence. The church stands up. Now, we're prudent. We're wise. But the guys, we don't back down. We confidently take the good news. Mission still continues amidst difficult days. One of the greatest stories during the Black Plague in the 1700s, if you go back and read about the church, do you know the church, they served as a hospital to people that had the Black Plague through Europe 700 years ago. They continued to minister to people amidst something that wiped out one-third of Europe's population. And the gospel continued to flourish during those dark ages of the 1300s of that plague. They, the church did not back down. And many of those folks passed away. Church, it was devastating on the church. Church didn't die out. Church flourished from that. Because ministry continued. Number three, what do we do after we advance the gospel? We need to give to the mission of God. Christmas is about giving. Thanksgiving is about giving. We give to God. 
You give to Broadway Baptist Church because we are a missional church. We take the gospel, everything we do here, every program, every ministry, every message that's proclaimed from this pulpit, it is centered on this book. Todd Ott stood here at 9.15 and taught from Isaiah 59 from this book. We are a Bible-believing, gospel-teaching church. Anything we do is promoting and encouraging the good news of Jesus. And you are giving towards that. We are not just another nonprofit organization. Not at all. The church, not only do we help people physically, more importantly, we help them eternally. And that is the ultimate help. We don't just give a cup of cold water. We give a cup of cold water and we also offer eternal water. Saving water is Jesus Christ. It's a thirst that never quenches. Jesus gives us that living water from the well. And John chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman. We don't have to keep going back to it. This morning I'm inviting you. I'm asking you to make a commitment. I want you to begin joining in the mission of God. This is Christmas season. December starts Tuesday. Can you believe it's already December? Literally, this whole year has just flown by. Lightning around fast. Some of you have not been in our sanctuary since March or February. We've already gone through Easter, gone through Thanksgiving now. Next holiday is Christmas. I mean, it's the year's flying by. And the Lord is speaking to you, saying, this Christmas, I want to use you, Mary. I want to use you, John. I want to use you, Daniel. I want to use you, Dalton, Miss Linda. This Christmas season, you raise your hand and say, Lord, just like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Raise your hand and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. I'm yours. I'm tired of not being used by the Lord. And God's throne is every nation. I want you to begin praying and looking for opportunities and giving to opportunities that God can use you. I want to invite you to trust as Jesus, your Savior. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. His Son came and gave his life so that everyone can be saved. That's what 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 tells us. And that everyone includes you and I. If you want to give your life to Christ this morning, I'm going to lead us in a prayer and you can surrender to him. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died for me. Lord, forgive me. I'm yours. Lord, I don't want to live in fear. I want to be at the throne in Revelation 7. I want to be surrounded by all nations worshiping you and the Lamb. Lord, thank you for saving me. The rest of my days, I live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you look up? 
We don't have a public invitation that you can walk the aisle right here. Our invitation is you fill out our Connect card or you message us here on our Facebook page. You call our office tomorrow, Monday. We'll be here. We'll talk to you. We'll let you know your next steps. God has a great plan and purpose for you. You use this unique season of staying safe as looking for ministry opportunities that you can do at home. God bless you. Be praying for our missions this week, giving to our missions, and looking and going in every opportunity you can, as safe as you can. David Dale is going to lead us in our song. I hope to hear from you soon, David. I hope you.